back in the day, when I was first getting started in radio in Alaska, my folks came up to visit for the holidays, and I decided we would co-host a radio show together on Christmas morning. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. It is Christmas morning. My name is Ed. I'm here with my uh, parents in the studio. We played some of the classics. And one of my dad's favorites. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Only a hippopotamus will do. Uh, and uh, because when you live in Alaska, you're far away from family most Christmases, You've just got to call them up on the phone sometimes. And uh, we are also joined on the phone by uh, my cousin Val in Lowell, Massachusetts. Merry Christmas, Val. Well, Merry Christmas to you. All huh. these Michigan accents, I had to add my Boston accent. <laughs> Putting her on the air in Alaska remains one of my very favorite things, because Val, who is wonderful in many different ways... I just love all the old Christmas songs. Good job, Ronco. Is absolutely terrific on the radio. Do you have snow on the ground out there in Lowell? No, no, no. I'm looking out my back window and I can see green grass. And has Santa been to uh, Chelmsford Street? Oh, yes. Santa brought me a flat screen TV so I can watch my New England Patriots. (laughs) Not bad, Santa. Uh, Val, I have a question for you. Uh, Are you into the eggnog and coffee brandy yet? Uh, no, uh, Pinot Noir. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of sort of a holiday variety show, a little talk, a little music, a lot of fun, is nothing new. And a well-known musician is putting on a variety show right here in northern Michigan for the holidays. We'll hear from Andrew Dost this week on the Up North Lowdown from Interlochen Public Radio. A little more music and then uh, more stories and memories here on Christmas with the Roncos. <laughs> I'm Ed Ronco. IPR's Dan Wanshura and arts and culture contributor Joe Beyer have that story for us a little later in the episode. But this week, we begin the lowdown with some reporting IPR did on child care. We just aired a series called A Crisis of Care. It is an in-depth look at some of the struggles faced by parents, child care providers, and employers when it comes to finding available and affordable care for kids. National studies show that families in lower income brackets struggle to find or afford child care, but those in middle income brackets are feeling it too. So right now we're going to bring you one part of this series. You'll hear more in future episodes, but for now we're focusing on a family in need of child care and how they're doing what they can to balance their lives and make sure their kids are well taken care of as they grow up. Here's IPR's Tyler Thompson. There really isn't a drive like the one to Manistee, no matter which direction you go in. The road here cuts through miles of forest. Turn off onto a quiet side street and you find the Amadon family. The small town vibe here is just so warm Mm -hmm. and welcoming. Good. So we're, we're really, we really love living here. That's Rebecca Amadon. She and husband Ryan have two children. There's Indigo. She's about seven months old. And Ace. He is three. And he has some stuff to share. So I went to Akron, New York. Okay, that's beautiful. All right, thank you. He makes it to the end. Great job. Thank you. Please come here. 
The Amazons currently don't have childcare. You know, there, there's times where we can make it work, and there's mm -hmm. times where it's really difficult. Hey. Yeah. Can you give us a second? Ryan gets up from the table to show Ace some toys to play with. Um, you know, for example, last year I was working a part-time job, what I thought was going to be part-time. And it was just going so well that it ended up being more full-time. Mm -hmm. And I was going to get a pay increase and needed time to uh, work more. And I just, we could not find a daycare in Manistee. And a lot of the daycare crisis situation is if you do find a daycare opening you don't get to choose what is the best fit for your child hmm. it's more you take what you can get the amadons found a spot last year but it was a religious-based provider which didn't align with their family values so they took a pass it was tough um there was a lot of really late nights trying you know after the kids were asleep um to try to get my work done um, but we got through, and, and that's kind of how we do now. They have to balance their schedules to make it work. Rebecca is a part-time adjunct instructor at Mid-Michigan College, and Ryan works full-time as a quality assurance manager. You know, if I have a meeting the next day, I let him know, have a meeting at this time. What are you doing for work at this time? Can you watch the kids? And if both parents are busy, they'll load up a cartoon on TV, get Ace some snacks, make sure Indigo is fed and content, they do what they have to do. And I know that that's shortchanging, especially the toddler, who I don't want to have to park in front of a TV all the time. But with inflation and the cost of everything, we can't survive on one salary. And I don't think many people can nowadays survive on one income. Even if they could find a spot with an opening, it may not be right for their needs. For example, some centers only allowed full-time care, which they didn't necessarily need. Here's Ryan Amadon. They were like commit uh, five days a week, eight, eight hours a day, or no, we have nothing mm -hmm. unless, because they were only they can they, be selective right now. They can be right so now. selective that uh. they're going to take people who are less kids, same kid every day, less scheduling. And that is expensive. They tried a place in Ludington, which is about 40 minutes away, and it even came with a 10% discount for a toddler and infant. It was going to cost per month $1,767, wow. and that is more than our mortgage. Wow. And if you add that up for 12 months, that is $21,204. And that is more than a lot of college tuitions. So I'm not sure how we could logistically make that work. The cost can vary wildly. In Emmett County, parents said they pay over $1,000 on average. Other studies show something close to that amount, if not more. The point is, it's expensive, and the Amadons are not alone in this feeling. Most Americans are in this position, if not worse. Mm -hmm. I mean, luckily, we're not, we're not digging any deeper holes, but we're treading water. Ryan says other expenses are compounding, too. Student loans returning after a pandemic pause, plus mortgage payments, thousands of dollars in medical bills, the cost of preschool. They call it death by a thousand cuts. The cost of formula alone and mm. diapers. 
I mean... Don't get us started on the formula shortage yeah. that's supposedly over. Those, those costs are just so outrageous that everything is high and then, you know, we're going to add in student loans all of a sudden. And Your car needs work, my yeah. car needs work, it's we like, have windows in the house that need to be replaced. It's really uh, demoralizing in that way that, you know, it's we take three, two steps forward and then there's three steps back all the time. But it's not all doom and gloom for the family. Tonight, they're having a pleasant evening at home. We're sitting at the dining room table with chips and guacamole. Ace is on the couch watching some cat videos. The Amadons say they are fortunate to spend so much time with their kids, despite the constant juggling act. And their work schedules are friendlier, too. Industries hurt the most by a lack of childcare in Michigan include manufacturers, hospitality, and other three-shift schedules. But for the Amadons, after the pandemic, both of their jobs allowed them to work from home. Rebecca says that switching to more remote work has helped them navigate caring for their children. He's got an um, office in the basement, and nice. um, he comes up here. We can have lunch together. He can play with the kids. If I need to work and have a meeting, he can take care of them if he's not doing something important with his work. And it just gives us a lot of flexibility to be together as a family. Flexible schedules may not be possible for all families. The Amadons wouldn't trade their silver linings for the world. But it should be easier, Becca says. And that could involve society changing the way it views children and families. And it just breaks my heart when people can't get the assistance that they need at the detriment to the child because people should be pulling themselves up by their bootstraps and they shouldn't be so lazy. And back in my day, it you know, we paid $10 a week for childcare. And that kind of stuff just drives me insane because we have worked our butts off to get where, where we are, you know? Um, and we, you just shouldn't have to sacrifice the well-being of your child to, to make things work. After all, these kids are going to grow up to be the people who make the world work. And investing in them now, Rebecca says, will only benefit all of us. IPR's Tyler Thompson reported that story from Manistee. In the other parts of this series, he takes us to Northport, where they're trying a new approach to running a child care business, and to Traverse City, where we go to a pie factory. Believe me, it, it makes sense when you hear the story. You can listen to those stories in future episodes of the Up North Lowdown, or you can go now and see the entire series on our website, iprnews.org. The Up North Lowdown will return right after this. Hi, it's Robin Young from NPR's Here and Now. I'm one of thousands of NPR network voices coming to you from over 200 local newsrooms across the country. We bring all Americans closer together through free and independent journalism, music, politics, culture, so much more. The NPR network, what you hear changes everything. Learn more at npr.org network. Getting bogged down by how much new music there is out there? There's a lot. Consider a daily dose of the All Songs Considered podcast. It's the easiest way to get tuned into the music world. We spend hours combing through the new music universe, from emerging bands to time-tested icons, to bring you your next favorite artist. To get up on your music know-how, listen to All Songs Considered from NPR. Welcome back to the Up North Lowdown. I'm Ed Ronco. What would I want this to be? What would I want to happen? I would definitely want there to be cookies. I would want there to be cocoa. I would want a giant Christmas tree, which there is one. 
And I would want people to kind of come and like they're transported into some little magical universe for just a little bit. That's kind of the hope is to bring back a little bit of, of nostalgia and wonder. That's Andrew Dost. He is a Grammy Award-winning artist and composer. You might know his name from the band Fun. That group went on hiatus in 2015 to pursue other projects. Anyway, Dost is now in northern Michigan, which is where he grew up, by the way. And for the second year in a row, he and some collaborators are putting on a Christmas time variety show. It's happening the day we drop this episode, December 16th, in Leland. But even if you can't make it, we think it is worth hearing this conversation with IPR's Dan Wanshura and arts and culture contributor Joe Beyer, if for no other reason than it harkens back to something a lot of us remember from TV around this time of year, and because it's just, well, fun. Happy holidays, Joe. Same to you, Dan, and they are upon us in every eggnog-flavored way, yes. Yes, that's right. So I've been looking forward to this ever since you teased out this story because, you know, it reminds me of some of those television memories with, with the same kind of specials we're talking about here, or, or are we? What is a variety show spectacular, I guess? I, maybe I should start with that one, Joe. Yeah, well, maybe we have to talk about both the brief history of the genre and then how it keeps evolving, and then specifically what Andrew Dost and a crew of talented collaborators are doing with it, which is for one night only, uh, the second year in a row at the old art building in Leland. Right, and to be clear, Joe, this this isn't a modern era variety talent show like America's Got Talent and, and some of those competitive types of shows, but this is more of a throwback holiday special, right? Exactly. And these celebrations are born from the real world gatherings of the holiday season, of course, but they simply move forms as technology emerges. And in the 1950s, this mix really becomes a genre with a flurry of annual Christmas specials on the radio. Think Bing Crosby and Mm. uh, everyone loves them, audiences and advertisers. So they grow and grow. Right. A a rare win, really. (laughs) And then, of course, television. And I have, you know, some vague memories of of some of these. They seemed like showcases for, you know, stars to do their thing, family-friendly, and uh, they certainly brought people together to, to watch them. Yes, and then in the 1960s, these programs of hosts and music and comedy, uh, they really take off. And there are animated versions like Mr. Magoo and live versions from Jackie Gleason to uh, Elvis's famous comeback in 1968, which was originally designed as a Christmas special. My favorite Christmas song of all the ones I've recorded. <laughs> I'll have a Christmas Uh, so then in the 70s, Lawrence Welk, Sonny and Cher, Johnny Cash. Christmas time's coming, Christmas time's coming, Christmas time's coming, and I know I'm going home. And then Dan in the 1980s. The Muppets. The Muppets. Hey, Ralph, welcome. Are you late? Yeah, I've been chasing the truck all the way, and boy, am I exhausted. <laughs> oh, I get truck exhaust. That's funny. Yeah, that's a dog joke. <laughs> and it's a milestone, right? Uh, There are now seven holiday movies in the Muppets universe, including one with Lady Gaga, followed by The Grinch and The Simpsons, and a lot of iconic uh, adaptations come out quickly. And this is what Andrew Dost remembers. 
Yeah, I've always been fascinated with Christmas and variety shows and, you know, the intersection of that, like with Lawrence Welk, with the Muppets, with Dolly Parton. Fellowship, fine music, soft and spirited singing, and we're saving you a seat right up front. Joe, I, I kind of love the reinvention here that by doing their research, this performance is then free to, you know, make their own rule, it seems. Yeah, and I think all the creatives that are involved here have been diving into all of the classic variety shows and the sheer volume of holiday versions through Archives Online and Vinyl Records and Spotify. So you can really experience and be inspired by all of it. And now there are generations of styles and versions. So we have this kind of postmodern mix to build traditions around and play with them. Really, any kind of Christmas special, I'm all about it. Somehow, we just, I think, got talking about our love of a good Christmas episode. So Mike and I thought, let's put on a show of our own. Let's let's kind of get weird with it. We like comedy. We like music. We like improvisation. We like general chaos and mayhem. So let's start thinking of people that we know that would maybe want to be involved with this or maybe some people in the area that have some strange hidden talents that we could reach out to. And Dan, uh, I should say that along with Andrew Dost, his creative partner, who he just mentioned, is Mike Rizek, who is conceiving and working alongside him on this. Gotcha. So this event is coming up. It's ticketed and sort of a in the spirit of live television or theater, I guess. It's a pop-up. And it's one night only, at least for now. That's right, at least for now. And yes, it will probably sell out again, but there will be a waiting list. Got it. You mentioned surprises, Joe, and I guess one key ingredient to a great holiday special might be that no two are ever alike. Um, So what else will Andrew and Mike be orchestrating here? Well, it was tight-lipped, but the uh, elves in the ensemble will include <laughs> other talented local musicians of every style, mm. and we're told a little dance, improv, comedy sprinkled in, possibly puppetry, or at least there was last year, and per Andrew's very specific wishes, there will be cookies and cocoa for all. Oh my gosh, what a perk. <laughs> and, and you've been to the old art building, I know, Joe, but for folks who haven't, it's it's a great venue built in Leland in 1922 and restored in the modern era. It's it's beautiful. Yes, it is. Really spectacular the way they decorate it for the holidays, and it's just such a cool fixture of the community. Wood floors, wood walls, there's a, a fireplace, there's a gorgeous stage, there's gorgeous velvet curtains. It's just, it's beautiful. And we'll have details on our website about the performers. Uh, go to iprnews.org for that. And if you can't make it to the show, we'll also link to some of Andrew's favorite holiday variety shows from the past and present also on our website. IPR arts and culture contributor Joe Byer. Joe, thanks for uh, the preview. Well, best wishes to you and everyone at IPR, Dan. You're the best year-round version of a fascinating (laughs) variety show I could possibly think of. And I hope people out there will put a little uh, something in the station stocking this season to keep it all thriving. So thank you for all your hard work. Thank you. You're listening to Interlochen Public Radio. Arts commentator Joe Byer speaking with IPR's Dan Wanchura. All right, before we head out, let's bring you up to speed on what else made news this week in Michigan. 
Michigan State University says it will release thousands of documents related to the Larry Nassar case to the state attorney general. Nassar was the sports medicine doctor who is now in prison after being convicted on multiple counts of sexual assault. In July, a group of women who were assaulted by Nassar sued MSU over the documents. The university has long cited attorney-client privilege as a reason for withholding them, but this week the Board of Trustees unanimously voted to hand them over to the AG's office. The city of Charlevoix is moving ahead with a plan to cull deer. They've been the subject of complaints from residents. The city council received the necessary permits and gave its approval last week. City officials say the animals are destroying gardens and sickening other animals with their droppings, and, as is often the case up here, causing car accidents. Officials plan to take between 20 and 40 deer in the next couple months. The meat will be processed and donated to food banks. A new package of laws made official this week will mean young people in Michigan's corrections system will soon have more chances to undergo behavioral risk and mental health screenings. It's meant to be a way of diverting them from detention, from jail. The bills were signed into law by Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist. The legislation comes from a list of recommendations put forward by a task force in the summer of 2022. Donald Trump can stay on Michigan's presidential primary ballot. That's according to a ruling from the Michigan Court of Appeals. The former president was at the center of a lawsuit seeking to remove him from the ballot, arguing he incited the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, and that he was therefore disqualified from becoming president. The Court of Appeals affirmed a lower court decision and said political parties determine who is on their presidential primary ballot, and can remove names if they so choose. That's it for the Up North Lowdown this week. We had contributions from Tyler Thompson, Dan Wanshura, and Joe Beyer. Music is by Blue Dot Sessions. Our producer is Max Copeland. I'm Ed Ronco, and you are listening to a podcast made by Interlochen Public Radio, which, yes, counts on the support of its listeners to make things just like this. Here at the end of 2023, we'd really appreciate it if you'd chip in just a little to make things like the Up North Lowdown possible. Some other IPR listeners have your back, by the way. For contributions that come in between now and December 31st, a group of listeners will throw in an extra 60 bucks. You give us 10 bucks, they'll throw in 60. You give us 60 bucks, they'll match it. Why 60? Well, IPR is 60 years old this year. It's a birthday gift. Help us out. Do what you can by clicking the donate button at iprnews.org or in our free mobile app. Hey, before we go, we want to give a shout out to our friends at Classical IPR and the show they do every weekend called Music by Request. Listen, if you have never listened to music by request you are missing out yeah we're a classical station but people request all kinds of things i think nancy denine the host told us that one time somebody requested some pink floyd and she found a string quartet arrangement of it uh, which was enough to get it on our air that's pretty cool music by request airs at 9 a.m on saturdays noon on sundays and so we're going to leave you with a couple things that are coming up on this weekend's show just as some nice music to get us into the holiday spirit
This week on Gameplay, we explore beloved music from one of the most successful fantasy games of all time, Skyrim. Millions of gamers have gotten pleasantly lost in this rich, wintry world since 2011, with its deep story and detailed history and mythology that are easily comparable to Game of Thrones or The Lord of the Rings. I'm Keith Brown. Join me for a selection of music from Skyrim on Gameplay. You can stream full episodes of Gameplay on demand and view playlists at GameplayShow.org.